Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for January 23rd, 2023. We are recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern, and this is episode number 373. My name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com. And today I arranged for Michael Filigera and Simon Klein to join us again. And the optional professor is back to moderate. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him. Okay, great. And uh, good to have you with us. I guess there's only two words to describe today so far, and that is risk on. So we're getting quite uh, quite a nice up move on a lot of different things here today. So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, before we get started, let's introduce ourselves. Michael, why don't you start out, introduce yourself uh, and also uh, your company. Sure. Um, my name is Michael Filigera, and uh, the, my company is it's actually twofold, is tradershelpingtraders.com and also logicalsignals.com. Um, my main website at the moment, because it's where I'm putting all of my work, is tradershelpingtraders.com. Um, I have been trading for over 40 years. I've been an options market maker. Um, after leaving the floor, I decided that I would become a home-based trader and in about 2013 switched over and just became a day trader. And that is what I continue to do now. Sounds great. Simon, a little background on yourself and what's going on at your company. Oh, hi. Um, so yeah, so uh, I've been trading um, for a number of years. I actually started my professional life in Credit Suisse in um, 1996. That's quite a while ago. And um TradeSmart's a trading education business. And what I noticed that there was, you know, many companies out there training traders and they were successful, but the traders that they were training weren't. So I thought to myself, well, what's the issue here? There must be, you know, maybe it's not a one size fits all. So what we do at um, TradeSmart is we focus on teaching you how to read the market professionally as a framework for reading a market, any market. And then we also focus on um, what you need to learn to be able to run a successful trading business, the framework process that you need to go through so that you can develop your own trading plan and strategies, most importantly, that fit your personality and lifestyle. So you don't need to follow someone else. You can become an independent trader. So that's what we kind of focus on. Yeah. And I think it's very important, like you say, to get a strategy or a methodology that uh, fits into your lifestyle and your temperament, because uh, that's really the key. You can't really do other people's things if it's not comfortable for you, right? Yeah, exactly. No, that's a that's an excellent uh, way to go. All right. Well, it is Monday, guys, and we always start out with an easy question, which is uh, the market opened at such and such a level. I think uh, in the S and P, let's call it somewhere in the thirty nine fifty to thirty nine seventy five area, something like that. And yeah. where do we think we end on Friday? So obviously, between now and Friday, you've got PCE coming out. You got a GDP, a GDP, yeah. Rose to GDP coming out. And so there's other stuff coming out and earnings, of course. So uh, where are we going to end up? Uh, let's start out with uh, Michael. Michael, where are we going to end up? Higher than the 3,900 and change or lower? Lower. Okay. And what's your confidence level? Um, 60. About 60%. And yeah. Simon, how are you feeling about this? Oh, wow. That's a good question. For me, yeah. I, it, it looks, I, I think, higher. I'm going to well, say, of course, you got a good you yeah. got a good advantage because I'm getting you I'm getting you in at thirty nine hundred and seventy eight. So you know you already got a <laughs> no, fifty just, point buffer here. You know, based on the based on the market structure, we'll go into it afterwards. Uh, why why and what I see, but today yeah. was a definite long. And, yeah, uh, no, nice no doubt about it. And there's no evidence of any immediate turnaround. And you, um, um, may there may be it may turn around, but um, yeah. well, I'll go into it afterwards. But the, yeah, the, let, basically, let, the yeah. 
I'm with you. Yeah, we'll go when you ask the question why. So. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, Michael, uh, what's behind the curtain here? Uh, what do you get this idea that we're going to turn around after this kind of an up move on the opening? Um, because of what what the up move is really being based on. It's actually uh, it's a it's a repeat of Friday uh, where we saw very light volume push all of the usual suspects, uh, at least within the Nasdaq. And of course, they get the equal weighting uh, in the S&P. And so the push there ended up being more of like a gamma squeeze, a short squeeze, and all kinds of different squeezes. And that is now folding or rolling over and occurring again today uh, that I noticed it and continue to notice that the volumes are extremely low uh, for this size of a move. Mm -hmm. uh, normally at this time of the day, the S&P future is well over, well over a million contracts, like a million and a half. And on a, and if it was on a day that the, the, the index itself is up 60, you know, 58, $60, you would expect that volume to be almost double. Yeah. Um, and it's not. And if I look at the, if I look at the NASDAQ, it's even worse. Right. I mean, even if I'm looking at the micro in, in the S and P and in the NASDAQ, usually by this time of day, they're both well over a million contracts yeah. and they're both well under a million contracts. So I think when it goes up on, on, um, low volume because there's a, a very strong absence of sellers because we're all waiting for you know fed we're waiting for the earnings we're waiting for a lot of things and so i think that it gives a false illusion of strength it gets a false illusion of of you know a market and then also i'm basing it on that i my my elliot account yeah which uh, we're going to get to in a minute um uh, okay. As far as uh, other reasons in a second, but to summate what you're saying essentially is, is that if you, when the market dropped down to 3890 uh, last week and the whole world started to short, if you were short Friday, you definitely got out. And on Monday, your boss told you to get the hell out. <laughs> in other words, if you've been short this market and uh, you know, you're on a trading desk, you know, you probably got out on Friday during that big rally. But this morning, your boss has tapped you on the shoulder and say, cover those things, right? And so basically, you're, 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 think, you're thinking technically about the idea that the volume's light because most of this is short covering. And when the short covering dries out, and then we start looking at a GDP or a PC number or the Fed, that's going to be more uh, hot coffee at a drunk's party, and you think it's going to roll over because of that. One more thing that I want to add, because it's not necessarily just all short covering. I think that the other thing that was really going on on Friday is that we have a lot of algorithmic firms, and they just scan the markets because they're premium traders. Yeah. I mean, the, the derivative market and the options market, as you know, aka your your acronym there, option right. professor, right. the have increased threefold, fourfold in terms of volume and participation. And when we when we're getting into the situation where we we've been moving into, the premium is so high. And so what really starts to get set up is like on the weekly level. And so we got adding in is that we have expirations basically every day in the SPX and the ES. And so that just adds a whole lot of volatility in strange directions, right. even though for balancing it out against the the volatility index, the VIX. Yes. So when you put that all together, we get the moves that we're getting. Yeah. But it's not necessarily signaling bullish yeah. because if these algorithms are selling calls, the hedge is buying the underlying. Yeah. 
So, and, and well, like I say, the, the, at the end of the day, you can't fight the tape and the tape has got green all over it the last 48 hours. So there's no doubt. Absolutely. About that. Absolutely. Let's, correct. Turn over to, yeah. Let's turn over to Simon and Simon, uh, what's your take on uh, your reasoning? Yeah. A little bit more about what's in your mix. Ah, so I want to, I want to share the screen as best yeah, to please, illustrate please, by yeah. seeing what I'm looking at. I'm and after you do now. that, um, uh, Michael can do a little uh, Elliot count and show us on his two. You should be able get, to share now. Get that prepared. Okay, let's do that. Right. Yeah, it's always helpful to see what you're looking at, right? I've got the right. That's working. You guys it's can like see the looking, screen. Yeah, you got a, a number of them up there, right? Right. So I'm looking at the, the I'm looking at the S and P um, through the E minis here. So I want to show you something interesting here, and I, I'm going to go down the time frames. So I'm going to show you exactly how I read the market and um, what's going on here. So we had the top. We had the top of the SM of the E-minis over here with this move down and this change trend and we start moving down. Mm -hmm. Now we're still in a downtrend on the on the monthly chart, but we came into a very critical area here and we bounced off this area. Now I want to show you something else. If you look at the distance between the pivots here, you look at the pivot highs here, 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 and here, and the pivot lows, they're getting smaller and smaller. You got distance between this pivot and this pivot's larger, but this one to this one's small. That's one indication that the trend may be coming to an end. So bear that in mind. What I told my trading room is that this could be potentially where we, where we go up again, mm -hmm. or if the trend's going to stay intact, this move up will be sold and we'll continue on the downside and break this level and come. And that's another possibility. But if we're going to hold this, then we'll, we'll know, you know, this could be a level where we start moving up from. And this is what I'm seeing by looking at the distance between the pivots here on the monthly chart. Now, let's go down onto a weekly chart. Weekly chart, which is um, interesting here. If we look at the pivots here, now you can see that we took out this level slightly. We went above. We just peaky boot above that level, meaning there's no more supply at this level. And if I watch what's going on here, the last pivots that we see here, we see a higher low, higher high, higher low. So I'm expecting higher high, which means a move above this level for this to play out, for this to continue out. Okay. So, and you can see we're moving. We, we had this move here. This tried to go down. If we were going to go down, it should have gone down here and failed, which means this week, we're definitely, almost definitely, you can't say definitely, but the odds are very, very high that we're going up this week, at least up until this area. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, let's go down to a daily chart and we can put it all together. Yeah. And this one makes it super simple. So in the daily chart, we're, we're actually in an uptrend. Okay. So if we look at the pivots, we've got a, we've got, we can even start from here. We have a higher high, higher low, higher high, higher low. We're in an uptrend. So we expect this move off this level to go above here, which is already done today. So this that's why the odds are so high today. This is going to be a long. What are the odds that this is going to turn and go down? Almost not. Very, very low. We're at least going to move up into this area. You can see we're almost there now. Yeah. And this is it's pretty much the same. So I just follow what the market's telling me. It's telling me it's a long and it's going up at least until here. What's it going to do over when it gets to this area? I don't know. But then I go up the time up the time frame to the weekly chart and I say, well, based on the weekly chart, we should be going above this area. But if we don't, then I know that the market's not going to do that. So I'll watch this. If this fails and we turn down, for example, and the trend changes here, say we go, or say we pull back from this area and we move up and we fail to go above this area, then we'll start to see this turning here. And then maybe this is going to continue the monthly downtrend. But at the moment we've got a we've got a daily uptrend, the way we trend. And the weekly, once we go above here, that will also kind of, start to look like we're going in in an upward fashion and we're still in a monthly downtrend so again monthly down if we look at interesting if we put this against the nasdaq the nqs yeah the nqs was a weaker market because we initially we went below this area we didn't hold this area but you can see 
if we look carefully here, we're, we're already kind of planning. I mean, this is looking like we're going to move above this area. Yeah. And you can see today, I mean, it's super simple. Once you understand what's going on here, you see the move up, the pullback Friday. Where do you think we're going? Or at least up until here. And which is pretty much where we've gone. And we were heading, I mean, the, the number in my head was 12,000. I mean, <laughs> we're 50 points off. Yeah. So, uh, and we could still get there. We, we may even get there by the end of the day. I want to point out something else, how you know where the market's going at the beginning of the day. You see, we go sideways. You can see this mm -hmm. move and this move. It's like a measured move. This move from here to here is very similar to this to here. When you have a market that's basing at the highs, it's bullish. Most often than not bullish. It's not going down. It's going up because this is what we call, call a consolidation in time. Consolidation in price is a pullback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is stronger because the demand is not letting price drop. They're buying at this level and not letting it drop means there's still enough demand. And just again, just look at this move and this move. Almost the same. And we know exactly where it's going once you understand supply and demand levels by up here. Do you have uh, some uh, of your uh, students that uh, uh, tend to trade the first couple of hours? Because, you know, Anka Metcalf yeah, specializes yeah. in that type of activity and she's uh, pretty happy about it. So here's where it gets super interesting. One of my traders who I trained about, Five years ago now, um, got so good at this. And uh, basically, the beginning of last year, um, we launched a program that she was teaching people how to trade. She's so accurate at trading NQ at cash open. So now we have a whole group of people trading late, basically the first half an hour of the market uh, yeah. successful, successfully. I mean, yeah. there's those that are successful and those that are just coming into the program and they're learning. But the ones that started the beginning of last year, and um, the majority of them are successful now, which is amazing. Yeah. And then they can uh, do their business, then go on with the rest of their day. Half an hour a day. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's not bad. Hey, Michael, uh, what are you showing as far as um, the Elliott Wave stuff that you were looking at? Um, yeah. Hold on a second. Because I, I do have one uh, moving average that I work with um, on SPY that comes in at around 403. And I notice okay. it's it's up near that area there. And I'm just wondering, uh, could that because, you know, we have two, uh, sometimes it's turnaround Tuesday, right? So, um, you know, we've had a big move here today and we're running into a, a significant number for me, which is around 403 on the SPY. Right. Um, let me just take this moment. Which I think correlates to around 4040 or 4045 on the S&P E-mini. So it's in the same neighborhood here. It is in the same neighborhood. So um, is there any evidence uh, that you can see that uh, it could be a turnaround Tuesday after this? Actually, it could be a turnaround Tuesday. I, I do I do think so. I'm going to start on the weekly because we're starting on our biggest chart. I feel that what we've reached up here was the all-time high, but I think it's a much longer-term corrective process that we're now in. Yeah. And and it's there's many different degrees in which have to be corrected. So I think that we're we're in the beginning phases of a C wave down, which will ultimately lead us to a, a very solid low. And then turn this market into a massive rally, but I'm not really expecting that till at least end of the first quarter, into the second quarter, and then possibly through the end of the year. But more currently, I don't disagree with what Simon is talking about. Um, but my oh, yeah, Elliott count shows me that we we finished a primary B wave in August. We've come down in five, which puts in the first intermediate wave down within a primary C, which will consist of five waves of intermediate degree, of which we've got one and two. So if we're inside that intermediate three, then what does that suggest? It suggests that we're going to come down in five waves of minor degree. So here was minor one, and now we're working through minor two. 
And so this, we're finishing it up in my estimation. Let me go back down now. I'll even go to the four-hour chart so we can see it more clearly. Wave C, within it will always be five waves. And then I got one, two, and I got three, and here's the four. Strange pattern. I do not disagree with that, but that seems to be what is happening here. And that would project, and actually in the S&P, it projects up towards uh, 40, 68-ish, I believe. And what I can do is I can throw up some fibs there very quickly, which were there before, but it really was blocking the chart. That's the one I want. So yeah, right now we're buffing up against 40, 40, 45-ish. And their next up is 40, 78. Mm -hmm. And then 40, 97. Now, what would change my view dramatically is if it did come up and break 41.80, which is that previous high. Oh, yeah. Then, then seriously, what, what would happen is this would come over and that would allow for a much larger rally now. Exactly. And then that rally would definitively call for 43, 44, even as high as 45. Yeah. Yeah, because so, I was looking and, at a, a Fibonacci 38% deal takes us to around 4,000. If you go 4,800 ballpark and 3,500 ballpark as the as the range, 38% uh, snapback. I'm just saying, yeah, like when you go from 4,800 and change down to about 3,500, a 38% snapback is around four grand and a 61% takes you up to a little bit over 4,300. So right yes. now, I think you're in a very critical area where if this thing does not bend, uh, looking for another two, three, 400 points on the S&P, you know, is, uh, is possible. The upside, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In other words, yeah, if it doesn't stall here, if it doesn't stall here, there's another floor up, 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 upstairs. And the way, uh, you know, Simon was uh, seeing his activity, you know, that's the way the tape is painting right now. So, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. So but like, think, it'll be very think, interesting. It's very interesting how things will pan out from right here, you know? Right. But, and I am a technical trader, so please don't misunderstand me. But one thing that I've learned as a technical trader, reality and catches the technicals and reality yeah. at times will take over. And so that part I've noticed, so I get these strange moves and I'm like, wow, okay, technically I got it covered. But then, then reality steps in and goes, well, okay, now what's going on? So I, I think that's like the, the markets are extremely fluid and the markets are trying to react to everything under the sun. And so, and, and searching for, for their, their points of control, so to speak, where, where we can trade, where things will happen. Yeah. And so I don't think we were there. And I think there's too much laying out there that could upset this apple cart real quick. Yeah. Right now, you've got a perfect storm of the January effect where money flow comes in in January. You've got the yep. second largest economy in the world, China, that's easing and stimulating. And you got the first uh, largest in the US that the anticipation is that they're very close to uh, stalling or rolling over. So that's a lot of, and then of course the dollar peaked at 115. So you got those events coming together and that means money, you know, you know, and the positioning going into this year, everyone's talking about a bad first half and a second, uh, half is good. So you got right. positioning negative, you got all this positive, um, uh, stimulus, you've got, uh, uh, the, um, uh, dollar dropping. So EM's going nuts and Europe's going nuts and China's going nuts. And if you are short this market, which obviously a ton of people were coming into this, you are totally covering and you are totally reversing yourself. And the algos obviously always press the weak side. And obviously if there's no sellers, that's the weak side. 
So, uh, you know, you got a very you got a very good January here of a perfect storm. And uh, the, the question is, does the storm end around 4000 or does it go up towards 43, 4400? And I think we're going to know that pretty darn soon. I agree with you. I think we will know very soon. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, uh, don't, don't forget tomorrow. Just just to add, Jim, because I know this is important to everybody. Yeah. Don't tomorrow we have test uh, today. We no tomorrow's Tesla and Microsoft. Yeah. Well, where where are they really trying to like cover? Tesla and Microsoft. Oh, yeah. no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt because, again, uh, like I say, these companies, uh, you know, they have not been announcing the worst earnings of all time. And if the earnings don't break, you know, it's very difficult for stock prices to break. So a lot of people are anticipating that, uh, you know, inflation plus higher interest rates equals slowdown. But that equal slowdown time frame has been a really rough call. And that's the, obviously it comes down to also everyone's got a job and everyone's making money and people like to spend money. So, yeah, I agree. But Simon, is there any other um, uh, like are you, are you doing mostly indexes, Simon, or um, where, where do you focus when you're actually doing the, um, you know, like where, you, where do your students tend to focus on? Is so, it uh, um, stock uh, indexes they, or they trade all different markets? I mean, I primarily focus on the Forex market. I also, okay. look, at future, I also look at futures, um, yeah. E-Mini's, NASDAQ. Well, could you share your screen and give some illustrations? Sure. Yeah, because uh, that currency market certainly uh, has uh, been snapping back out of the uh, catacombs of October. Huh? Okay, you can see you can see everything now. You can see the minis now. Yep. So now let's go. Let's go. The dollar is also very interesting at the moment. Yeah. Now look at the dollar index, and again, um, I mean, once you understand what you're reading here, I, I I'm a pretty much a pure price action trader. Almost mm -hmm. no indicator. You see one indicator, I almost don't use it. Uh, I use it for one type of trading, um, which I don't do too much of, but it, it can help sometimes. But, uh, it, you know, I, I just left it on, just have one indicator on the chart, sure. but I don't, I don't need it. So I can see here, if we look again on the monthly chart, you can see this massive reversal bar down and break of trend here. And then we mm -hmm. just bounced up and hit this level and came back down and we haven't yet broken this mm -hmm. level, this is what we're holding. Mm -hmm. If we break this level, we've mm -hmm. got a way to go. Mm -hmm. So this is the dollar. The dollar's in a very critical level. The markets mm -hmm. are in critical levels. Mm -hmm. And this is, you see, it's kind of holding on for dear life here. And we're getting this mm -hmm. sideways choppy market. Now, I want to show you something interesting here. Like this was the beginning, like last week. You can see we moved up and failed and came down to this area, trying to move up. And you see today, we're, we're we're holding on for dear life, this level. To mm -hmm. go up, we must take out this high. Mm -hmm. So, and again, that would affect all the other um, all the other markets as well. Yeah. Also, a weak dollar is good for the good for the stock markets as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. But um, also that would mean um, if the dollar is going to hold this 101 and not go down to 97 or 95, that would mean that the euro could have trouble at 110 and the British yeah. pound could have some trouble at about 124 or something like this. Yeah. I mean, you can see, you can see what's happening here. Mm -hmm. I actually, I actually shorted this today and also shorted the pound today, but um, mm -hmm. I didn't outstay my welcome because these are, these are bullish markets at the moment. It's a bullish market, bullish market, it's a bullish market. And you can see on the, on the four hour chart, what happened, we pushed up and I shorted up into this area and down mm -hmm. to here, basically on the mm -hmm. euro. I mean, that was a trade. To, mm -hmm. That was the best trade today. That was it. The move mm -hmm. down during the London session to here. Mm -hmm. Now, what's it doing during the US session? And not much. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's you're getting this choppy. But this was the trade I took today. This this move down. And um, you can see again if you if you know how to read the trend. This is supply. This is a lower high direction. What I call price direction down here. So it's going down. Where's it going down to? 
well, I kept all these zones in. These are the zones of the base, so I know how to trade the base because you understand the way bases work. You get fake out moves here and here. So I know this market's breaking to the upside and it's going to my next level. And when it comes down, it's going to come back on top of the base here. And you see exactly where it stopped today. Look at that. To exactly there on my zone. These are, these are supply demand zones. They're not indicators. I put them on by hand and pretty accurate. I mean, I've been doing this for years now. And it's just once you know where the market's going and the direction it's going in and where the next stop is, it's easier to understand, you know, and then it's just about having a strategy to get in and manage risk. And, and then you go, there you go. Trade. Um, another one we looked at the pound. There's another one I shorted today. Um, I actually shorted it on the 50 minute chart. Um, I'll show you exactly where. I shorted it here, right there, the stop above here. And this is a move down on the pound. And you can see also why. I mean, the pound's pretty bullish now. We put in a bottom over here, just pretty much like uh, I'm moving up. And we've just also, this is another, if you look carefully here, you see it just peaky boot above the highs here, which is a lot, a lot of the times a sell, but later on it may be a continuation to the upside, which is why the market sold off. But you're not out, you see there's two levels down here as well on this time frame here and here right. and you see it's going to stop on one of those and go back up again right. because you can see also if we look here look at where it stopped this is where I have my level drawn we're back down at this level again and moving back up you see that mm -hmm. it's a bullish it's a bullish market so i know ahead of time where the levels i know where to get in and out mm -hmm. and you can be what's going on now the other markets i look at i look at um, oils also could before we leave currency do you want to throw the yen up there because that sure. one obviously has gotten a lot of volatility because of their uh, um, yield curve, uh, you know, uh, situation. Yen futures. Yen futures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay. So we we also called every single move of this market pretty much. I mean, this move down, what was going to all-time lows, mm -hmm. how do you... So so we basically measured a move from here to here and then from here to here, and we estimated around, it was around 0.00 or whatever, 6.7. So it went down to 6.62. So if you look at where 6.7 is, it... it, it pretty much the bottom and once it hits there we were looking for a big move off there and mm -hmm. this is the first problem this is the problem area plus we just broke trend here as well but we got a break above here to go higher so what could happen is we could get a pullback and the continuation to the mm -hmm. upside and if we do get a pullback here it's a viable one and you can see also the trend on the weekly chart this is up it's pulling back going higher pulling back going higher pulling back we've got to get you can see this level here as well very critical level if we get above here we're going to see probably higher yet um, yeah, I mean, they've got 4% inflation, which is like enormous to them. And then the other thing is they have a new guy coming in in uh, March or April. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do. But, you know, you're thinking along the lines of uh, they are going to have to normalize their um, stuff and that's going to be supportive to their currency, maybe. Huh? But, well, I'm really just looking at the charts. I'm not thinking yeah, anything yeah. on the fundamentals. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing that happened. I did this many years ago. Uh, probably about 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was about 15, maybe more. Um, I, I, I was watching fundamentals. I was trying to trade fundamentals and technicals and trying to figure out which way the market's going to go based on the fundamentals and yeah. then using technicals to get in and whatever. And then you get yourself into the headspace sometimes or the reasoning of there's good news. Uh, the market should be coming up, but yet it's going down. I'm going to buy more at this next level down. The next, and, you know, it, the market's going down. I should be on the sell side. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The news is good. So what? So, so yeah. I decided, okay, forget the news, forget what I understand about the news, because I'm not a fundamental, I mean, I'm not an expert on the fundamental side of right. anything and I maybe not be privy to all the information out there. But one thing I am privy to is I can read a chart 
Yeah. And to know why it's doing, I don't need to know why. I need to know no. what it's doing and, and, right. and what it's doing right now. And if I'm going to get in a trade and this isn't, if there's a reward to risk and what the probabilities are. Once I've got all that, I know my levels. I know where I'm getting in. I know where I'm getting out. I know how to manage yeah. risk. And then you just repeat. And yeah. then you do that again and again and again. Why it's doing that? Well, if you look at the news, the news is really the old. They report afterwards. It's funny when you look at the financial news. They tell you yeah. the market did this today because of whatever was in the yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After it already happened. Well, yeah. marvelous. Yeah. You're so clever, you know. <laughs> even the do- even the dollar dropping from 115. Obviously, in hindsight, it's because yields dropped from 435 down to 330, uh, 340. So obviously, that's the you know reason people started dumping the dollar because the yield advantage went out the window. But that happened after you already got the signal with your stuff. Yeah. So so it's funny. This is one of the things that I was taught by way back when from one of my trading mentors. He said, you know, is it does the news cause the market to move or does the market moving cause the news i think it's the second yeah 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 you know so it's trying to figure out the news and what's going to happen in the market based on the news Uh, you know for me that wasn't really giving me an edge (laughs) so i just i decided at that point this was many years ago um as i said that let's just focus on what the chart's telling me the chart's telling me where money's flowing if the buyers are in control where they're going you know, and, and then you learn all the different kind of fake out moves, all the nuances of the market as well. And every market has its nuances. There could be the algorithms, could be what, it doesn't even matter. But once you see those nuances, they repeat themselves again and again and again. And you're like, ah, for example, bases that break out. I, I know pretty accurately which bases are going to break out and fail, and which ones, you know, are not <laughs> ahead of time. So, right. and what the probabilities are. So, you know, ahead of time, if you see this sort of price action, that's a fake out move. It's going to go in the opposite direction. They're just, they're just manipulating the market to pull everyone in on the wrong side or wipe everyone's, you know, take their stops out and then take it in the opposite direction. But like playing peaky boo when you were a kid, you know? Yeah. Well, you were talking about energy and I think we've got to hit that real quick and then we'll swing over to Michael to see his views on a few things. But okay, let's, uh, you were mentioning uh, energy and, you know, we're back up uh, towards that 82, 83 area. Um, my stuff had some resistance around 83 and then 93 on the crude, but uh, what do you see? Oil, here? yeah, yeah, crude yeah. oil, right? Okay, so again, this is again just pure price action here, right? Right, Very interesting market. I think we're gonna, I think this is going to move above this area. I think we're gonna get a move up to the 90 area. That's what okay. it looks like to me at the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're in a this is a demand area on the on the monthly chart, it's not mm-hmm. an upward moving market. And we call this, you see the failure to go above this area. I don't know why it's so slow, but, uh, and you can see how we, if we were going to go, look at the daily chart, if we were going to go down, we should have gone down here, but why is the market pushing up again? Yeah. So, so I think it's ready to, it's, pro, it's kind of sideways here, yeah. sideways here, but it's failing number one here. If you look on the weekly chart to go down to the bottom and the pullback here stopped in the top part of this move. So it's probably going to break out. Can't guarantee. But one thing I can say is the odds are now more likely that it's going to break above this area and go up probably to 90 than it is to go down. Yeah. Unless it turns around here and breaks below it. Then I know I'm going back down again. Yeah. If you were seeing 79 prints, uh, you would say that it's losing some good altitude. Well, and if, if, you, I, if, it, yeah, yeah. if it starts to go below here, below 78.45, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and it stays below there and it tries to go back and fails and it's probably going to go down. It, markets yeah. move. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, I always think about, 
you know, like you're a, a salesperson, yeah, a salesman, you've got your wares to sell. So where are you going to go? You're going to go where there's business to be done. That's where there's willing buyers and willing sellers. Yeah. The market's going to move to where those big orders are, supply and demand. Yeah. It's not, it's not very interesting to stay. You know, we need business to be done. So if you, all we're doing is looking at transactions that have happened in the market, basically. Yeah. But and uh, generally speaking, that, yeah, people yeah. might be hesitant to sell oil at 80 uh, when they think that, uh, you know, that uh, the supply demand dynamic is still quite um, uh, bullish because of, uh, you know, China coming back online, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I see one of the things, one of the things that's telling me that another reason why it might go up, yeah, is when you get these big bars, you see these big bars down and then negate and then negate it immediately. There's a big bar down. I call it big bar, no follow through. Uh, okay. <laughs> another big yeah. bar, no follow through. This is this, if it was going to go as a massive bar down, it should have gotcha. carried on, but it got reversed. That means I'm going up, not down. It, it, uh, the bears had their chance, huh? They had the chance and twice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it means, you know, Think about it. If you, it, it, I always think of it the analogy like this: you're stuck in a room and you're trying mm -hmm. to get. There's two doors to get out. You try one door and they throw you back in. Yeah. Where are you going to try and get out now? You're going to go the next same door again that you just tried. They're going to throw you back in again. It's really not. It's not really dissimilar to what's happening with the S and P. Some guys uh, started hitting this thing and there was no follow through, so they obviously got to change their tune. And that's what's been happening in 48 hours. Yeah. Another so. interesting market which we we need to cover is uh, the Bitcoin. And the crypto market is also extremely interesting what's happening there at the moment. All right. You, can you do that really briefly? And then I can give Michael the rest of the time a little I'll bit. I'll tell you what, go over to Michael and we'll okay. come back to that afterwards. No, no, no. Michael, go right ahead. Do, do crypto now. That's fine. <laughs> go for it. Okay. Let's pick it. We'll pick up Bitcoin and we look at Bitcoin. We're looking crypto through Bitcoin futures here. Okay. And well, you've seen we've had a, a massive move up this year so far. Yeah. You can see this. You can see the charts that can move off the off the bottoms. And this potentially could be, you know, we I think we're moving. You see the charts? It's a bit slow to we could be on our way back up again. Uh, but look on a monthly chart. We have to take out this level, but still, this is a massive move. Um, we were talking about this is the move down. And again, if you look at the distance between the pivots here, they're getting smaller from here to here. And then from here to here, small. And we're very close to this major area that we moved up from. You see this major oh, yeah. move up. Yeah. And this was the, where we called the short to take this basically down. I was looking for this to move down. I would have liked it to go down to 10,000 and maybe all the way down here, but it, it doesn't look like it. Well, it may, that may still happen if we don't take out this level. But at the moment, smaller time frames is bullish. The bulls yeah, are no, back in control again. About uh, two, three weeks ago, I said in my newsletter, you know, this, um, uh, G, uh, you know, uh, GBTC and ETHE were definitely turning. So if you're ever going to take a shot, take it now, you know, and it's really popped quite a bit. So we saw we saw this on basically on this on this on this day we were. Yep. Yep. Like this is long now, and we're looking yep. for these this target, this target, and then once yep. it takes this level, like you see the pullback here, you see there's a tail there and here, and then we broke it. Once it breaks, I mean, we gapped up. Where'd you go? We go. We're going higher now. We take yeah. out this big drop again. This is negation of I call it. It's like Newton's laws in 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 the markets. You get an equal and opposite force. You do have some gaps there. Maybe they go down and get filled though, huh? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, we if you're if you if you if you want to add positions, that would be nice. If you're in there, you never want to see a drop a dime, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it, I mean, it's been very. The market's been very. What's the word? If you look on the daily chart, not much, not much volatility at all until now. Volatility is picking up again. Yeah, quite a bit. Hey, Michael, let's go over to a market that I know you are very familiar with. You've been bullish on. You've been very right on, and that's the price of gold. 
And yes. uh, we had a very nice big move in gold. And of course, you've been on it the whole way. So uh, I was just going to throw out something that I see a gap between 1825 and 1835. Is it possible with your work that it might go down there into that level? Or do you think that's uh, just way too much uh, of a There's, dip? I, I did hear some talk about that. But to tell you the truth, um, it was a difficult start. Now, this is, again, daily chart, difficult start you know, fits and starts and, and a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. But once it started going, and the one thing that I did notice like in here and here and here, and even in here was that as they were selling it, the central banks were buyers. Oh, totally. The central banks remain our largest buyer yeah. right now. And that includes the US, um, the Exchequer, which is uh, the UK, uh, the European Central Bank, the, um, the Central Bank of Japan, the Central Bank of China, they're all buying, and the the basic reason that I have found that they're that they're loading up is um, because of the currencies all being digitalized. Yeah. And so with the latest thing in FTX and all the rest of that stuff that's happened in Bitcoin, and that you know people are like no, uh, you want me to accept a virtual currency, and it's not going to happen. And particularly if they want to to become the currency of trade. Yeah. I always thought the do I always thought money. the dollar coins would make the most sense uh, if somebody could secure them. At least they are well, sta stable. What they call stable coins, you know. Oh, exactly. I agree. Yeah. And because so, the technology of the technology of switching money around very quickly with no cost involved certainly is an attractive one. But the unit of measure can't be anything that looks like Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly right. And so I think that's why you know we're seeing that. You know, I think there are just other factors that kind of go into, you know, gold hiking itself up. Gold mm -hmm. is always going to be in front of the curve if it feels that we're really heading into a period of deflation. Yeah. Not necessarily inflation. but Well, deflation. I mean, M2 money supply has gone from plus 25% in 2021, 2022. It's now at zero. And there's only been like four times in history that the M2 money supply growth was at zero. So I think, but, you know, they're getting ready to either print or... Uh, they printed so much, we might even have negative uh, MT, M2 growth. But it's certainly in a place where if they wanted to print, they could print. So if liquidity becomes a problem in real estate because the house prices dump or right. some other liquidity crisis, they have dropped the money supply growth to a point where they, there's room to print. Well, I also think it's like there, there are two basic ways that, that the Fed can get all of this excess capital off of their balance sheet. One, we they? know that they're, they're trying to do it by raising rates. That's not that's not working. And letting the, the balance sheet is, run it, off. Of, yeah. Yeah. Well, the second one is to debase the currency. Yeah. Well, look what the, and, and you just gave me enough information. It says that's kind of, I think what they're heading to do. Well, the way they drop the money supply, they definitely do not want to, uh, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're not trying to um, uh, ease money and credit. That's for darn sure. Right. Right. So I think that if we, if we go into that period of deflation, then you have to start seeing what gold did during other periods. And so, I mean, I, I, you and I, Jim, we've been following gold for such a long time together. And yeah. I was, I was calling for this bottom. I called for it. It yeah. kept getting, and it got down there. It held, tested it three times, held, yeah. and then took off. You can that, see, like, you can see, seventeen hundred was the first buy signal, and then eighteen hundred was the second buy signal, and now basically you're well, uh, just basically enjoying, you're the enjoying the sun. Was when it kind of broke here, but now it's kind of hanging out, waiting for somebody yeah. else to get above, and. A lot of talk that I'm hearing lately is that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we're yeah. back above 2000. But I think the current 
current buying the current strength i am anticipating as you see by my fibs i've got fibs you know i'm talking 2500 oh yeah yeah i mean that's the direction and again if they're going to ease money and credit and they're not going to try to get that inflation rate down to two percent for whatever reason then uh, you know that's the way can. to work but you got an 1825 and you remember i was just talking about 1825 1835 yes. so that would not be an unheard of uh, pullback for whatever reason not in what we got going on there, not only have that FIB support, but right underneath it, and I imagine it kind of could move up, we have the uh, a move, the 20 and the 50 moving average. So while I think that that is possible and we can't say definitively that a pullback wouldn't get us back into this area. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that gold is truly holding its own very strongly. It now, is coming back and if it's even if you're just looking at it on an hourly chart it's very tradable mm -hmm. and so you know this this is kind of like chop junk but it's corrective and then when i start to see them come back in then we're the trend is picking up again so i'd be looking for that stronger move and i'd be looking for it to take out 1940 yeah and start heading up to 1950 1953 is where our next resistance is and it's really low level in terms of the bigger picture that's low level so the mining shares also obviously that I talk about uh, had a tremendously large run, but they're a little bit stally here. So, um, you know, if they stall out and roll over, then it's not unheard of the gold could pull back. But, you know, clearly you got a little, a little market bit. going on there. Yeah, they kind of did. And now they've recovered. Mm -hmm. See? Look, at they did. That's where they started. And now they're yeah. doing so. Yeah. It's like, no, we that's want what I'm saying now. It's is it gonna is it just a stall and it's gonna blow through 32? That's possible. Obviously, the green bar makes it look like that is gonna happen. It already has sailed through 32. Yeah. Underneath so, yeah, your RSI, I, I think, RSI is you know, is that a little bit uh lagging down there, which is a little bit of a uh, divergence? A little, but the, don't forget yeah. that it yeah, that could yeah, it is because you would expect yeah. it to be back up in here and to being yeah. overbought. Um and that might have caused that, but I, to be honest with you, I'm not really sure what all of that selling was about. Yeah. Because again, the miners, I, I, I do correlate if the strength in gold should transfer over to the miners, and this being an ETF, it's doing it all collectively. Yeah. Right. But I think that what happens in there, we have to kind of, I think what can stall it out is just what the cost of getting the gold mined is. Yeah, for yeah. the for the miners. So when we're talking in, in that level, I think that can stall out a rally in the miners. Um, but other than that, I would think that not necessarily point for point, but I would expect the miners to continue. And if I pull this chart out and make it a little bit, yeah, you're looking like it's a definitely. This was that complete. So again, it's still working on what I would call its first wave up within the new up up trend up move. Yeah, yeah. In other words, there's more legs to it. I'm looking at Freeport MacMoran also. That's a copper, and that uh, and that one uh, had had a big run as well from 25 back up to 45. But that is a little bit stally here too. So I'm wondering if the whole do? metals complex, uh, you know, is it possible it. that it could um, give people a better opportunity? Well, I think Freeport. I think this one's got still plenty. Oh yeah, I no. Mean, on, on a you know on a longer term basis, it you know obviously it came down from. Uh, uh, you know, it's been traded as high as 60 um, in earlier years, like 2011 and stuff. So yeah, if it blows this, up, this 50, was, you, know, you yeah. really needed to get, yeah, you, you, this has not stopped since March of 2020. Yeah. No, you had your pullback to 25 bucks. That was the time they pulled it back for you to get back on the boat. You know, you're right. Yeah. Right there. 
like I say, uh, China wants to build all this stuff. They want their real estate market to come back. It takes copper. There's not unlimited copper mines out there. So, uh, you know, it does have a good story behind it. Right. But it's all a question of, you know, uh, where to get on the boat. Obviously, 25 was a great place. And then, uh, you know, even recently, a good pullback towards uh, 35, 37 wasn't a bad place. either. Right. Uh, any other? Mm-hmm. Any, uh, what about silver? Do you have any opinions on silver? I actually do. And I think I don't know why silver is being like the slowpoke the of the century. Child. The bastard stepchild. I didn't want to say that. So I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, I um, yeah, it, it is. It is. Because it is undervalued to gold, I think. Absolutely. And I'm not, I've not been able to really suss out why the market feels that, but here is the turn. You know, if we consider what it did yesterday and now look at that recovery. So whoever was in to sell silver, I don't know if somebody got shut out of a position. I don't know. You know, we don't know what was behind that quick drop, but we're seeing that it ended today, this morning. So I just think it's it's having a lot of trouble even mirroring what gold is doing. Mm-hmm. But I do have I do have a account which does suggest we go up. But if this is a if this is a third wave, that is a really pitiful beginning. So I may have to reevaluate what I got going on because right now it, it is three three and th- and a five. So it's 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 an ABC up and not the start of a you know one two three four five. So silver could be left out of this. Now, there's one commodity I, I, one commodity I want to ask you about is soybean, because, you know, I've got this sneaky suspicion uh, that it could have a very large move to the downside. And it just uh, is coming off 1550. It's at 1487. And uh, rain yeah. brings grain and Argentina has their rain. And so the grain is coming. And so all the grains, you know, because the grains have had a huge run in the last few years. And uh, you would think when prices go high, people will do more planting because they can make more money. No, no, but, but I, I'm going to agree with you on this, even if I'm just, I, I don't have Elliot on this, but if I'm just looking at from that, from that high, which was the June 22 highs, yeah, decline, recovery, we right. got another, another one of these coming over here. So you're looking at, excuse me, the possibilities on the weekly gets down to uh, 1270. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, it's something on the board that I just thought, you know, uh, the throwback rally to 1550 might be it. And yeah. then, so that's a good point to defend. Yeah. And then basically, uh, if we start breaking under 1450, uh, you could maybe get some acceleration there. Now I'm going to, to, to uh, yesterday's highs. Okay. And this would, this would be fibs. And, and if we're just thinking that it's going to equal, if this equals that, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. Because yeah, clearly uh, there's a lot of people on the long side of this stuff. And a lot of, uh, don't forget, you always got uh, people who would want to hedge their inventory. So you you could get natural sellers just out of the hedgers. You know what I mean? Well, you know what I was thinking about? It's like, you know, well, state of California's had a lot of flooding. But what about, you know, the Midwest? We're getting ready for planting. Yeah, yeah. And, and like so I say, the news, if- the news on Bloomberg about Argentina is that, uh, you know, they're they're getting the weather they need to get a good crop. And then you got Brazil stuff like that so right. it'll be interesting so, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting this take could, over. Yeah. yeah this uh, could either be the start of something or just a pullback i guess we'll know soon enough we yeah but there's there's your your potential so yes with regards to um um like uh, say uh, uh, the nasdaq qqq you know, because uh, we talk about S&P all the time. What about, uh, let's look at QQQ and IWM, because a lot of people are running into small caps now with both feet. So let's look at uh, the- are. And in fact, the Qs are going to go pretty much in lockstep with uh, the NASDAQ. And of course, even in the Qs, 
you got Apple, you got Microsoft, you got Tesla. Those are the heavily weighted guys, even in the queues. Um, but this is a second day of humongous gains. Yeah. You know, so I, exactly what it is. If I had to look here, I'd say, yep, it should be coming up. And this is the weekly chart. Let me open that up so we can see this move. Yeah, that 275 I, I would say to we 300 go up area before right we're now. done, we're probably going to yeah. head back to 300. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe, the, that's yeah. that's the potential, but in its way is the 200 moving average right here, the 200 period moving average, flat as a pancake. Yeah. That's going to be pretty stiff resistance right now. And in fact, you can see it starts to head up towards that, and likely will get stopped. Or if it does, it could do one of these, right? Push up through it and collapse. Yeah, and that could happen tomorrow on Tesla's earnings, Wednesday on Microsoft's earnings. Who knows? I mean, I I'm I'm getting. I don't want to call it chatter, but a lot of folks are coming out and basically talking about how, you know, some of the people are at like Morgan Stanley, they put out, they put out this whole big print or, or a notice. They're talking about that. They're, they're, they're continuing to see that there will be an erosion in earnings. Yeah, no, and that's that their the pitch. Last... That's their pitch. Well, obviously it's not working out with the price right now, but if it happens, obviously they're going to be correct on it. But what they are saying is that the gap in the between their model the gap between their model and forward estimates is as wide as they've ever seen it and the last yeah. time it was this this wide the s p fell by 34 percent and then 49 if the earnings break the prices will break let's look at iwm and also vot oh. that's a sh uh, small cap and and uh, mid cap so uh, I, yeah. you know it, the russell has yeah. really caught a leg and it's doing it's doing great but right. at the same time i think it's corrective. I think they're kind of reaching up. They're getting pretty dang close. So maybe we get up to like 190, 191. I think they're going to have a tough time trying to get it back above 200, but we'll see. Yeah, right now, if it stays above 175, 180, it stays above 175, 180, that kind of area, you know, that's very constructive. So until you break that number, you know, being constructive on it is not crazy. Well, and it's what, at 188 right now. That's what I'm saying. But last week was at 180. And then, oh, right, right, right. So yeah. it kind of it held. In other words, you had your correction there. They couldn't break it. And now they're going the other way. And so now, if it stays above 180, 185, you're probably in good shape on the short. Right. On the, but again, what I think what we're also seeing in, in the Russell, because they're the mid cap, is that you're seeing a lot of what people are trying to recession proof by moving money in out of the big caps into the mid caps. And small, so small would, cap. Yeah. Yes. Small the cap, mid yeah. and the small. Uh, how, and about the SM, how about the two other quickies, SMH and IGV? Those are also technology oriented, right? So the SMH is, yeah. So the semis are going up. They're going up very nicely, as a matter of fact. And what about IGV? Again, weekly, week, yeah. weekly yeah. chart would suggest, let me just do this real quick. From, from this level, they've already hit, they're sitting right at resistance, which is at 238, 239. Right. Then you're going to have 243, then you got 250. And right. I think 250 right. is definitive possibility. But if it, this is going to equal that, you're looking at 265. And IGV is software? IGB? IGV. Uh, India, Gary, Victor. Okay. Hold on. India, Gary, um, same thing. And I got a question for you. Before you see how low it is up. though from where it was though. Huh? Um, yeah. yeah, I think we can get up here to the 50, 292. Yeah. Maybe that's even where, that's where the, that's where the like, uh, risk on is going. You know, into, yeah. into what do you things. think about, I know we got about two minutes, but I want to yeah. hear your opinion on um, AI. AI meaning artificial uh, like, intelligence. Oh yeah. Well, that's why you know, Microsoft's making a $10 billion investment into it. And uh, 
you know, uh, obviously that's, uh, you know, uh, a great play. Well, and if you like that kind of stuff, you got to like NVIDIA, NVDA, because, you know, NVIDIA is like the Cadillac, the Cadillac for that stuff. Yeah. Because they, get, they have the uh, graph, yeah, they have the graphics uh, that you need to make that stuff run. So, in yeah. my view, the play, if you like that kind of stuff, would be NVDA. But uh, that's a wild ride too. Yeah, they all are. But yeah. I think that that is the next sector that's going to take hold. Yeah, it seems to. All right, as in we my, come to the top, yeah, as we come to the top of the hour, since you're on uh, on the microphone right now, uh, Michael, uh, again, uh, a little bit about your company and when people call, how are you going to help them? Um, again. My name is Michael Filigera. The company is, uh, it's actually two websites that I have, and that is uh, LogicalSignals.com and TradersHelpingTraders.com. I um, have a YouTube channel, and it you can it's accessible if you go through TradingHelpingTraders.com. And within that, I do an update on the S&P and the NASDAQ each day an Elliott Wave update. And then once a week, I do a big picture update under the Eye of the Storm podcast. And now I've also expanded and I'm now having guests on um, my podcast where they can come in and they talk about their work and they may talk about their products. And those are all available um, on YouTube. Sounds great. Okay. And uh, Simon, again, uh, could you reintroduce yourself and then explain uh, when people call you exactly how you're going to help them? Simon? Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Hi, I hit the button on that mute him to unmute him. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So TradeSmart is the name of a business, and the website's tradesmartforex.com with the number four. And you can go to my website. On my website, you can um, there's three videos, and you also get a link to my YouTube channel. Just go and look me up on YouTube, Simon TradeSmart, like that, and you'll get my YouTube handle. There's lots of free videos there. Um, also, just to remind everyone here that on i think on i'm speaking on david's next program on wednesday and i'm going to be doing a live market analysis and going into behind the scenes how supply and demand work in the market you can actually come and join that on wednesday i'm speaking at 1 p.m eastern time and yeah i would say come and have a look at some of the free stuff first and go and look through my youtube channel and then if you want you can come and join our live trading we have a live trading room every single day um, we have a Discord server as well. You can come and join the Discord server and connect with other traders as well. And if you haven't had success following other successful traders, I'm not talking about the ones that aren't, I'm talking about successful traders here, and it's not working for you, and you want to take a step back and start from first principles and be able to develop for yourself your own trading plan and strategy that fits your personality and lifestyle, then this is the way to do it. We go back, we learn the, we build the foundation and then we build that building. Once you've got solid foundations, you can build whatever building you want on it. But if you just build a building and you don't have any foundations, that's why many people, I believe, are not succeeding because they're trying to build buildings without foundations. On. And I think the foundation of every successful trader, especially if you're chart-based, is understanding how to read price action. Great. And again, we do have that uh, sessions coming up all week long, Tech Wizards. So everyone should uh, make a note that uh, the, look out for uh, the uh, invitations to that all week long, Tech Wizards, where we're going to go over software and we're going to go over technical indicators that each speaker likes. So there's a lot of good information you can pick up that way. So remember, Tech Wizards Week is this week. Uh, as far as the Option Professor uh, is concerned, just go to Option Professor, singular, optionprofessor.com, and we have um, 
a PDF on hedging, downside risk, but upside surprises as well. A lot of people are being surprised. So you, there's a way of hedging against that. We also have got um, our best ideas by sector. And then we have a one-on-one -on -one online meeting for one hour with uh, myself uh, and yourself going over your questions and things like that. So that's optionprofessor.com. Hey guys, Simon and, uh, and Michael, always great to talk to you guys. And uh, we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. I'm gonna send it back over to David. Hey, thanks, Jim. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, so as as they mentioned, we have a, one of uh, the big Synergy Trader events again this week. So, uh, so this will be another Tech Wizards theme conference. So it's all software indicators, algorithms, apps, uh, tools, platforms, that sort of thing to uh, um, help you make money in the markets and uh, help you make uh, 2023 your best year yet. And so if you just go to uh, so we'll be starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. And if you just go to timingresearch.com, you can, uh, there's links, there'll be links all over the site to to uh, uh, join the room. Or if you're subscribed to our email updates, you'll uh, get an email in the morning uh, with uh, um, from, from me and from the Zoom system on how to join the room tomorrow. And we'll be, uh, have about 30 sessions throughout the three days, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And uh, the option professor will be on at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow on Tuesday. And Simon will be at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. And Michael will be at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So be sure to join us for that. We have a lot of good info uh, prepared for that. And um, so I just want to remind everyone, you can also subscribe to Timing Research on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. And I always post the recordings of this show and each individual presentation from the big events um, you know, to those different forums. So if you can't be there live, you can always review the uh, recordings. And um, let's see, also if you uh, subscribe to anything on Substack, I have set up a timing research uh, Substack account so you can get the updates on archives and that sort of thing that way as well. And I uh, just want to thank my guests again for today. Michael Filigera of LogicalSignals.com and TradersHelpingTraders.com and Simon Klein of TradeSmartForex.com and the Option Professor of OptionProfessor.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.